This is the Swan Song Financial Show with Kevin and Michael Anthony from Golden Years Financial Advisors. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Kevin and Michael provide their clients and prospects with the information they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is the Swan Song Financial Show with Kevin and Michael Anthony. Hello and welcome to the Swan Song Financial Show. My name is Kevin Anthony. And I'm Michael Anthony. We're with Golden Years Financial Advisors and we're glad that you joined us here today. If you'd like to Call us, uh, 574-968-SWAN is our number. You guys know that SWAN stands for Sleep Well at Night. That's 574-968-7926. And you can also get us at our website at goldenyears-advisors.com. And folks, we got a ton of our podcasts that are on that website. We recommend that you go and you listen to some of these different uh, podcasts. Uh, They're very uh, uh, topic-specific. And today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, retirement again and what are the financial steps at some important ages, Mike. And uh, these are some uh, great ages to take a look at. And I think we got some great information for everybody. But first and foremost, how you been, man? We've been uh, we've been going and traveling and been at some great conferences. Uh, How you been doing, man? I can't complain. Uh, The conferences have been fantastic. Been able to learn a lot. Uh, As everyone knows, it's a super interesting year. So it's always refreshing to get like a new take on what everyone has to say because you feel like you really get bogged down in everything that's occurring the same conversation day in day out so it's nice to you know go network meet some other individuals and well believe it or not usually their points of view line up with ours and what we kind of foresee in the market the economy happening but it's always nice to hear from someone else that's just not right around us all the time yeah, sometimes the uh, news out there at times can be a little uh, questionable as to credible. You got to really dig down in those particular things, and that's our job to dig down for you. And it's nice to go to those conferences, Michael, and have people that uh, are on things like Fox News or CNBC that are there to talk to us and uh, maybe drill down on some of those topics. And uh, one of the topics we're going to drill down on here today a bit is some of these numbers. Well, we'll call them our magic numbers. Is that okay, Michael? Sounds good to me. All right. Well, one of the funnest magical numbers numbers is turning 16, right? Hey, you get your driver's license. That's a lot of freedom. That's right. And I think one of your magic numbers was when you turned 21. I remember that sort of. Yeah, that was a really good time. <laughs> Finally get a, have a, your, you know, your first beer ever. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's exactly right. And you know what? Turning 65 is another magical number there with Medicare. Uh, but honestly, one of the things I've seen over the years in this business is the age of 50, not 59 and a half, not 65. We're going to talk a little bit about 65 because that is a big yeah, number. 65 but is a golden year. It really and is. 50 is a big one. Is, it really is. Whether people realize it, want to realize it, or just simply don't know it, it is a big year. And we see that all the time. Yeah. People are hitting that uh, half a century year old. And uh, it's a really time for folks to sit down and they get real serious. And we've seen that in our practice here. They get real serious about 
reassessing where they're at at age 50 and yep. sort of maybe staring down uh, retirement becomes a real reality at that time for a lot of people. So it's a great time to take a moment and uh, reflect a little bit. No, it, it certainly is. And we have a lot of individuals come in right around that 50 mark. A lot of times they come in later than 50, but we'll see the people that are around age 50 come in and say, man, like, I don't know if we can do this. I feel like I'm too late to the game. And right. honestly, we sit back, we say, well, you're comp- contemplating the completely right things at the right time. Because age 50 really is a bit of a turning point when we're talking about retirement and, you know, future planning for the rest of life. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, you think, 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 think about it there. Kids or children are typically getting uh, out of college or to the last years of college. Uh, retirement plans are really... Uh, starting to take uh, the priority. And uh, so we're going to talk about a few of those topics at age 50 of things you might want to reflect upon. And uh, really interested in the notion that when people, like you said, reach 50 and aren't quite uh, where you want to be financially, uh, that there's still time. It's don't push the panic button, folks. When it comes to finances, I I think sometimes it's uh, people feel like, oh, you missed the benchmark. I'm never going to be able to retire. And that's not necessarily the case. You know, and Michael, there was a recent uh, article in AARP magazine uh, 10 retirement planning mistakes people make at age 50. And it has some really great perspectives to it that I think we can use for our conversation uh, to here today. So why don't you hit us with the first point that that article brings up? Yeah. So the first point that I really want to bring up in this article, and I think it does a great job. I mean, as we mentioned before, 50 is really kind of that churning point. I mean, don't get me wrong when people come in their age 55, age 60, you know, depending on assets, how they're doing, mm-hmm. it's not too late. But one of the points I love that they point out is that, you know, most people think that the typical retirement age is right around age 65. And, and that is true for the most part, but right. not always by choice, sometimes by necessity. So a survey was done from the Employee Benefits Research Institute, and it noted that 48% of people retire before they intended on retiring. That's amazing to me. And then that, uh, that really is amazing blows to me. my mind, but it, it does happen. I mean, things of layoffs, health concerns, family needs, just the unpredicted. You know, a lot of people like to plan on, you know what, if I do all this by age 65, I'll be good to go. Right. But you need a plan in place that can absorb the unknown. It is a necessity because clearly the statistic shows that, you know, things don't always go the way that they plan for them to go. And, you know, age 50 is a good time to get that in gear just in case all of a sudden you have to retire at age 60 or 62 for some reason. Yeah, again, that that was a real stark reality of 50% of people are retiring, uh, whether they're forced to retire, have to retire, take care of family, like you said, prior to that retirement age. And I, uh, I started reflecting back on our, uh, like our cases this year. And, you know, there's been a number of cases like that. And, Quite a few. You know, when you're working with a, a financial advisor like our firm here, uh, that's the time to get back in and review and update. I can't stress that enough. You need to work with a financial advisor that is committed to reviewing, update, rerunning strategies, making sure when life happens that your plan is changing with those things. Without a doubt, you want to know that even though that's not always part of the conversation that your financial services professional took that jobless contingency into consideration while creating a plan. It is very important. Yeah, that's a great point because people are, you know, you uh, lose a job. I mean, we've seen a lot of that here in the last 18 months. 
you know, where there's been some uh, downsizing from some organizations, people working out at home, uh, uh, those particular things. There's been some job losses. Uh, the market's pretty strong now for creating a job. But in your 60s, honestly, it's difficult to find a job, Michael. Um, and it's just the reality of it that assets may have to be able to take care of you. Without a doubt. And those assets have to be properly aligned in order to take that into consideration. Yeah, absolutely right. And I think the plan has to be in line. And one of the things is when people are turning 50 and they're looking at their finances, all of a sudden this whole idea of risk becomes a real reality. Um, you know, hey, we want, you know, people want to catch up and they may be wanting to take too much risk or there could be the other side of it where all of a sudden they get a little gun shy and don't take enough risk yep. and become defensive. And, you know, it's that balance that you have to have. And again, what we're talking about today is some really magical numbers, but the real magic behind that is working with a true financial, independent financial advisor that can sit down and talk to you about your risk tolerance, where you're at, what your goals are, what it's going to take to be able to reach those things. Yep. And sometimes it's simply, hey, you need to sock more money away, right? I mean, that's simple. Sim simple. That's the answer sometimes. And Tell us why age 50 is beautiful for being able to sock more funds away for retirement. Yeah, absolutely. And I get to experience this stuff myself when I hit 50. So it's something called catch-up provisions, Michael. I just like it. It is what it says. Time to catch up. I mean, most people have deferred a lot of their savings for retirement to maybe children's education, uh, vacations, different things, which are all good. Uh, but age 50, people look and say it's time to catch up. So uh, there's a couple different things a person can do. At age 50 or older, you can uh, put in an extra $1,000 into an IRA on top of this traditional $6,000 limit. So again, IRA contribution limit is 6,000, but 50 plus is actually 7,000. Take advantage of that. Uh, another place is self-employed. Okay, uh, if you've got a simple IRA out there, you could put in an extra $3,000 a year above the current limit of $13,500. So if a person is self-employed, uh, you might have a simple IRA where your, your business is also matching, say, 3%. You can put in $16,500 in contributions. And Michael, what about a 401k? That's a big hit. Yeah, so with 401ks, normally you can only put in up to a maximum of $19,500, uh, but once you do hit that catch-up provision age of 50, you can actually sock another 6500 on top of that. Um, so it, it really is a great way to put away more funds if your employer does offer you know, a 401k. Exactly, and I, I think one of the parts of that before you go do these things get with that independent financial professional because there's also something out there called a Roth IRA, Michael. And you know what? Those are pretty good instruments today, especially as we're potentially looking at higher taxes uh, coming up. Uh, that's that's just because the ta current tax laws are going to expire at the end of 2025 anyway. So taxes are going to go up. So maybe a Roth IRA. Again, you can have that catch-up provision uh, for the Roth IRA. And before you go out and putting $25,000 in your 401k plan as a catch-up, sit down and make sure with your financial professional that that is uh, what you should be doing in that plan. But those catch-up provisions are great. So what else do you have for us here, Mike? Yeah, before we take a quick break here, the last thing I just kind of want to bring up quickly is debt. I, I mean, uh, I feel like everyone's <laughs> on the same page as this. You don't have to hit it necessarily too hard. But, you know, one of the goals that I would say a vast majority of individuals that come in other than saying, hey, I'm going to make sure I have enough to live is I want to be 
debt-free by the time I hit retirement. And at age 50, uh, I would say a vast majority of individuals still have quite a bit of debt. But at that age 50, then it's time to weigh that comparison of, okay, do we sock more funds away to try to have more funds in retirement? Or do we try to lower debt and lower our expenses in retirement and just have that feel good feeling of, I don't have loads of debt anymore. It's a great feeling. I have to admit, it's a great feeling to have that too, Michael. And that's exactly it. Um, sitting sitting with folks like us in our firm here at Golden Years Financial Advisors, we can actually sit down and calculate into that plan. Is it better to put additional funds into a 401k or is it better to pay off debt? What's the best for peace of mind? What's going to meet the objectives? It's, a, it's not an easy decision, but it is a critical one to be able to, I mean, imagine that walking into retirement with absolutely no debt, not even a mortgage. And that is a possibility out there. It's a beautiful thing. So thanks, Mike. And uh, yeah, it's time to take probably a little break. And again, thanks for joining us here at Golden Years Financial Advisors. Uh, Our website is goldenyears-advisors.com. And our phone number is 574-968-7926. We would love to hear from you. We would absolutely love to hear from you of different topics that we could talk about here. Uh, we know there's a lot of legislation issues that are taking place even this week as we speak. And so we're going to cover some of those things here down the road. But we want to hear from you. Uh, use us as a resource. And honestly, give us a call. What we're talking about is sitting down with a personal financial advisor. Give us a call. We have a complimentary consultation. We'd love to spend 45 minutes to an hour with you just sort of talking about your concerns and providing you with services. So, Mike, as we come back here to the show, uh, what do you have for us next? Yeah. So, actually, I have a question. And I, I don't know because this might be just the way that I feel about things, but how do you feel when we have clients or prospects come in that seem like they just simply might not be able to reach their retirement goals because they are in significant debt for paying their students' college tuition? Yeah, that's a great question. And that's sort of a tough to- tough question to ask because it it's is. very emotional, too. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I'll just tell you some of our positions on that is we have to talk to the people and find out exactly what uh, maybe some of their commitments and their goals are. There, there is a lot of folks who have taken on the burden of a college education in adulthood, let's we'll say parents, um, where some of those, some of those, some of that debt can be transitioned, if you will, to the student um, and be able to be help and maybe help service instead of paying the entire amount too. Because in the things are the way it happens, Michael, uh, being the being the older parent sitting here. Um, oh, the only I'm going to clarify this. I'm yeah. not a parent. Yeah, that's a good point, too. <laughs> Whoops, there's one of those. But, uh, you know, it, it is it, the intentions are great. We want to be able to provide for and Thanks for the clarification, Michael, <laughs> because, yes, as much as I want grandchildren, it's not there yet. So uh, um, but being able to clarify here, we, you know, as parents, we, we want to be able to supply and take care of that college education. Uh, the cost of it is, you know, doggone expensive. And sometimes what we want to help with. You know, a good charity, we want to sit back and say, oh, you know, it went over $15,000 over what we were hoping to do. Uh, honestly, it's okay to be able to have that conversation with your children and maybe transition some of that debt, uh, if you will, to the children and help them pay for it in a different way. Yep, without a doubt. Touchy it, subject. It is. It's difficult, but it, it's a conversation worth having. And again, sitting down, planning out retirement, planning out your goals. If that's one of the goals, well, then you at least have to know what 
what the consequences are for that. And the consequences, of course, great. You got to help your kids. Yeah. Consequences are, well, maybe it pushes back your retirement date. It, you at least got to go into it knowing, in my opinion. Of course, I'm not a father. I don't have children. I, I haven't been through this myself. I've just seen delayed or very difficult retirement options available because of, you know, caring so much. And right. I feel like knowing that ahead of times would be important. Could be the same yeah. same outcome, but it's important to know. Yeah, great. Excellent topic. Good question to throw out there, Michael. And maybe one we can cover a little more in uh, another uh, one of our podcasts, too. Yeah, I definitely think Absolutely. so. Absolutely. Hey, another thing about turning 50, and I this is so true, it's time to, it, we're going to off the finances a little bit, but it does help your finances. Is just a matter of sort of taking a double check on your healthcare strategy. And that's not including just your insurance products that are sitting out there, but you know, eating habits and exercising habits. It's amazing how much people at age 50 start reflecting on those things. And the interesting thing that we have seen in result wise, as people do take a proactive approach to maybe changing some of the habits that are uh, maybe their metabolism, if you will, has slowed down a little bit. All right. <laughs> um, uh, and get away from the double cheeseburgers a little bit, just a little bit. All right. Cause I still like my double cheeseburgers, but what ends up happening is, is people do take care of themselves a little bit better. They, they actually enhance their overall financial whether it's productivity at work, whether it's uh, a less eating out, uh, those particular things can help reduce overall expenses, increase your health, enjoy a, a lot of vitality in your retirement. So uh, that's just one of those sidebars on there is when people are reflecting and looking at it at age 50, it's time to take a look at your healthcare and how you're doing. Without a doubt. And healthcare is one of those things you just, it's never fun to talk about. It hurts. It's expensive, but it is a necessity and you just simply don't know what's going to happen in the future. You don't know how your health is going to be. I'm not talking about within the next few days, but down the line, I feel like 50 is a key point for a certain insurance product that I'll let you touch on here. Yep. But that's it's it's a turning point because you just don't know how the next 15, 30 years are going to possibly be. Uh, it's really true. And part of this, you know, making sure you have good health is we're going to jump into the idea of uh, around 50 years old is a great time to start looking for long term care insurance. Certainly. The reality of it is, is one out of two people today are going to use long term care insurance. In fact, is the statistics show that, yeah, an individual has a 70 percent chance of using two and a half years of long-term care, whether it's home health care, assisted living, uh, custodial intermediate skill yep. care, and all different ranges of costs. But I'm going to say at least 60000 upwards of $120,000 a year when it comes to long-term care costs. So protecting against that, getting a policy or a program on there that protects against that long-term care, insurance is determined by your, your own personal health. I mean, if whether you're uh, if a person's obese with high blood pressure and cholesterol and smoking and all these kinds of different things, their cost of insurance is going to be greater than a person who is fit, non-smoker, non-medication. Yep. And those insurance premiums that you get today based on your health are locked in for life. And so that's a really big deal at age 50. Affordability as you get older continues, you know, what, what cost at 50 is a lot less than what is it, 60 and 70 years old. Uh, so yeah, health insurance, Michael, big change, big thing to look at right there. Long-term care, protect your state, protect your legacy. We can show you a lot of options on that. Certainly. And age 50 really is a, not that it's a price break point, but again, is the general rule of thumb when it comes to insurance, as you're closer to mortality for whatever reason, statistically speaking, you know, health age, 
it gets more expensive. And now mm-hmm. let's just say, theoretically speaking, your life expectancy is, you know, age 85 and you're age 55. That's 30 years, statistically speaking. Now you're 65. Well, you just, I know that's 10 years less, but that's 33% less time, statistically speaking. So that's a good point. The closer mortality, more expensive it gets. 50 is a good churning point to get that in place if possible. It can right. be expensive, but it's worth looking into. That's absolutely true. Absolutely true. And that's one of the things we'll look at in a financial planning uh, uh, discussion. Other things that we talk about within those discussion, Michael, is and things have typically, again, we're talking about transition age 50 is uh, some key documents. So why don't you lead us down the path there on some key documents that a person should look at at age 50. Yes. Get your legal work in place. That's very important. Well, that was simple. <laughs> that was simple. Get yeah. off. In other words, get off your rear end, go get it done and get your, get proper legal work in place. Uh, and make sure all the documents, a uh, couple documents, Michael, that are important. What are they? Your power, your healthcare power of attorneys, your financial power of attorney. Very, very important. If you can't make decisions for whatever reason, and it's completely unknown, having someone that can make those decisions for you clearly written out where you live in a very litigious society it's best to have things taken care of ahead of time. That, your will, is always very important. Will, trust, one of the two, need something. But power of attorneys for medical health care, that's, that's a big deal. Yeah, and we, we're just going to talk from experience here because we talk to a lot of people that uh, I'm going to say right out here to convict a few people, probably age 50, I'm going to say somewhere around 60% of you do not even have legal work in place. And probably 20% of the other ones probably haven't even looked at it for 15 years. And that is just by experience of talking to a number of people each and every year. Uh, that's what we see out there. So you want to talk about sleep well at night, time to time to wake up and, yep. and take care of that legal work. Once it's in place, it is so much easier to change. Yeah, that. And U- so updating is easy. Get it in place. You're absolutely right, Michael. And the, we, we help people audit their legal work, if you want to call it that, create that umbrella over the assets. One other thing we look at, Michael, is beneficiary statements. Tell us about the importance of that. (laughs) The reason why we're laughing is, well, it's not funny, but beneficiary statements like transfers on death, payable on death are more important in the eyes of a, of a legal society, I want to say, than what a will is. Mm-hmm. If your beneficiary statement says one thing and you know your old 401ks go into your ex-wife and your will says, <laughs> well, everything's going to my current wife, where's it going to go? Uh, that's going to the ex-wife. That's why we snicker a little bit because we get about a case or two a year like that. Like, uh, who is Susie? And, uh, you know, Amy's over here wondering who Susie is. (laughs) Amy's not the happiest. (laughs) Amy's not very happy because the money's going that way. So again, beneficiary audit, legal work audit, make sure everything's taken care of. Critical, isn't it, Michael? Yep, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Hey, why don't we finish up the show here today talking about um, age 65 as another one of those magical uh, moments in life. And uh, I know the AARP article, there was five things you need to know about finances uh, when you turn age 65. And 65 is really a, a really a good target and key age out there. Yeah, it is. And I want to clarify one thing really quick. A lot of individuals seem to think that age 65 is the stereotypical normal retirement age. Good point. And they normally are referring to Social Security because a long time ago, you know, 65 full retirement age, but it's it's ranging from 66 to 67 right now, probably going to get pushed back in the future. So technically, if you're looking at just Social Security benefits, the full retirement age is in between 66 and 67. 65 is a golden year, though. 
because Medicare is wonderful. Yeah, Medicare is great, man. I mean, it's one of those things, and we say, we say it that way because of the cost of it. Um, a lot of people like to re maybe want to retire earlier, as we talked about 48% of the people out there are going to end up with some kind of retirement before they thought. And typically what we have here, and we have a specialist that can help, uh, is what do I do for health insurance when I'm under the age of 65? Because that is a uh, interesting market out there with the whole idea of what was deemed the Affordable Care Act. Um, I think it's an interesting name personally, but uh, because sometimes it's not too affordable. Okay, but Very it true. is a health care act and I'm not uh, it's something that is out there. It's a matter of being able to plan for that and the expense of that. But when you turn 65, all of a sudden Medicare comes in at age 65, part A, part B. And then there's some supplemental opportunities out there that can significantly reduce the cost of what under the age of 65 health insurance can be if you were on your own and retired and paying under 65 health insurance. Yeah, age 65, I tell you, Michael, that is a wonderful age to get to when it comes to health insurance cost. Yeah, it really, really is. And uh, let, let's hit that a little bit more and then I want to jump back over briefly to social security yep. but we're in what what time period are we in right now aep yep annual election period yep absolutely so that's a big deal when it comes to the medicare field but you know just for the basics age 65 when should we look at signing up for part a part b yeah you have a chance uh, three months before age 65 and three months following uh your age 65 birthday so in, technically there's a seven month window in there uh, honestly, we guide people to that three months prior to turning age 65. So that way your part A and or your part B can be in place uh, in that month that you turn 65. And again, the Medicare goes in force the first day of the month that you turn age 65. So if you need guidance on that, man, I've been doing that for a lot of years. Uh, we can help you with that too. Yep. Super important. And again, this whole age 65 being full retirement age, a lot of people think that because they hear of Medicare age and they think right. they're going to take their social security benefit then. But again, if you decide to take social security benefits before your full retirement age, which let's say you were born in 1955, that's going to give you a full retirement age of 66 in two months. And you start off at age 65 instead, 14 months early, you're going to be receiving a reduced benefit. I mean, it reduces it by almost 8%. I think it's actually like 7.82% of what your full retirement age benefit is. Okay. So it's it's important to keep this in mind. You can take Social Security anytime from age 62 to age 70. And if you take it after full retirement age, more benefits per month come in. And it's a pretty much a lifelong decision. So take a closer look at that. 65, again, great age for Medicare. Social Security, it can be any of those ages. Depends on your situation. Right. And let's, you know, dive down a little more in the Social Security there. That's a permanent decision. All right. When you when you take in your Social Security, I mean, technically, you can repay it all back in one year and reestablish. But we're not going to go into that. But that is a permanent decision. So Michael used an example. If I'm right, the number was like seven point eight two percent reduction. Is that right? Correct. That is a reduction. Let's say somebody took it age 65 and earlier you were talking about maybe age 85 of a life expectancy. That's a reduction of 7.82% over the next 20 years. But even more importantly, if that is the higher of the two Social Securities for a couple and that person would pass away, then the that the surviving spouse gets the great, greater of the two. And if that's the higher one, that's another, that's a benefit that's reduced by 7.82% for the entire life of the surviving spouse. Absolutely. And that 
that, that can mean a world's of difference, especially if there's a large age gap or something along those lines. Social security is an extraordinarily important decision to make and it should not be handled lightly. And Joe right. Schmo down the road drinking coffee with you, he doesn't <laughs> know your personal situation and he is not a genius on what your plan should be when it comes to social security. Just just throwing that out there. Throwing that out there. Yeah, because we get that a lot. We get that a lot. But Michael, you know, we do some things for people here in our organization regarding social security because it is so important today. More important than it was 20 years ago because life expectancy is far greater. I mean, you got a 50% chance of a husband and, and with a husband and wife, a 50% chance that one of the two of them are going to live to be 92 and a 25% chance one's going to live to be 97. So these benefits continue a long time. So we actually do something here in our organization that is uh, absolutely critical. We're actually going to do a workshop here in about an hour. We're going to talk about this. But what is it, Michael, that we can do to help people maybe get away from the coffee talk? Um, so pretty much what we do is we run a report showing, you know, what every age benefit is. If we were to take it at that certain age, what the optimal strategy could be for Social Security based on a certain life expectancy. Um, and again, so in essence, we do an optimizer of social security. And you know, that might not always be the right choice depending on other assets, life goals, so on and so forth, but right. it is extraordinarily good information to base decisions on. Sure. So again, age 65, uh, topics, 60, age 65, uh, social security, Medicare, incredible topics, Michael, and things that, uh, that is really truly a magical age. Um, you know what, though, I think we'll just finish up here, but one of the last things we can simply uh, let people know that, you know, if you're 65, you're still working, plugging away with no debt out there. It's a great time to be able to capture a lot of excess cash flow. Absolutely. And we got a lot of different tools in this, in the investment field that can really work well with Roth IRAs and those uh, catch up provisions uh, when it comes to 401ks and those kind of things. So really, if you're working, debt's gone, you've got a lot of income to be able to capture. I mean, person can capture easily within a couple of years, $100,000 and put it towards their retirement in an incredible way. Absolutely. And one last kicker I want to throw out that I think's kind of fun about age 65. It's what I like to consider like the hidden Roth IRA. It's people's HSAs. Mm. People sock in money to HSAs is a great, you know, tax deferred tool comes out tax free for medical expenses. But once you hit that golden Medicare age of 65, all of a sudden the floodgates are open and you can use those expenses for way more than just what you were able to utilize previously because Medicare in essence is that all encompassing healthcare plan and that HSA that was attached to that healthcare plan previously, that string pretty much gets detached and it in essence becomes a retirement account that you've been socking away from huh. for. So no penalties, uh, no penalties for taking out distributions then Michael? Not at that point in time. Now, if you were to take it beforehand for anything else other than qualified medical expenses, it's a 20% penalty. Yeah. But once you hit age 65, you you can really start spending it on other uh, whatever you want, really. Oh, cool. I like that idea. I like that idea a lot. Well, Michael, we covered a lot of ground here today in the show. In fact, as we had probably a number of topics that um, we can probably drill down on a bit. And I think the last topic we talked about, even uh, utilizing the HSA account and maybe overfunding that, uh, maybe that might be a topic that we discuss. So again, as listeners out there, if there's uh, any of these topics, we just sort of flew at about 5,000 feet on them. If you want some more information, the way we know how to do a podcast is getting information from you. So again, thanks for joining 
joining us today. Uh, my name's Kevin Anthony. And I'm Michael Anthony. We're with Golden Years Financial Advisors, and we'd love to hear from you. Our phone number is 574-968-7926, or you can contact us at our website, goldenyears-advisors.com. Until our next show, have a wonderful week. Thank you for listening to the Swan Song Financial Show. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Kevin and Michael Anthony at Golden Years Financial Advisors. Call 574-968-7926 or visit them online at goldenyears-advisors.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Advisory services are offered by Golden Years Financial Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor in the state of Indiana. Insurance products and services are offered through Golden Years Planning Services, Inc. and Anthony Financial Services affiliated companies. Kevin Anthony, Michael Anthony, Golden Years Financial Advisors, Inc. and Anthony Financial Services are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.